2: Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of TFL Talk, and Tommy, we're talking about my favorite car segment, or at least one of them, and you know what that is. Yeah, it's the compact convertible. It is not. I do not fit in any compact convertible, but instead we're talking about the exact opposite segment, which are big-ass SUVs, like... Well, like the Sequoia, the Armada, the Land Cruiser, the Tahoe Suburban. What about the Ford Expedition? Not talking about that. We haven't driven it. In fact, the ones that you've mentioned, we've all been either behind the wheel or have had hands-on with in the last few months. Whoa, Andre's driven the Expedition. Well, he's not here. (laughs) The last time I was behind the wheel was like two years ago and I've completely forgotten (laughs) Hmm. So let's talk about the ones that I remember In fact, we have an Armada sitting in the parking lot Yeah, the recently refreshed Nissan Armada, that's right And we are going to go over the pros and cons
3: of each in this big segment And talk about which ones you should buy and which ones you should avoid
2: Yeah, basically any of the three-row SUVs, be they luxury or not, the tow over like 8,000 pounds Yeah, that's right, so the big boys But before we get into that Let's talk
3: about what's been going on in the news. Are we doing a new news segment? Well, we're going to try see all if right. you guys like it. So over at TFOcar.com, we've got the latest and greatest uh, happenings in the automotive world. And there's been some interesting stuff going on. So first of all, Citroën, Citroën, wow, if you're yeah. from the U.S., uh, the French car Citroën? <laughs> yeah, Citroën. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, Citroën is making a comeback to the U.S. in a uh, small way. Apparently, they're going to bring their little urban car, the ME, to Washington, D.C.
2: Yeah, of course, you know, Citroën is part of, used to be PSA, now it's Stellantis. Citroën. Which purchased <laughs> FCA and decided to rename him as a... Um, <laughs> as an erectile dysfunction medication, Stelantis? apparently. Stellantis? You yes. don't like Stellantis? Uh, you, know, you know what Stellantis is? I think that's one of like the original Greek gods or something. It's oh. just a really bad name. But Citroën will hopefully uh, bring <laughs> some cars over in uh, in
3: maybe big and small fashion. And the Ami is this little, itty-tiny thing. Uh, in Europe, you can pick it up for just a few thousand
2: euros. Are you saying the brand's bringing the coming over here or just a car?
3: Well, currently, I think it's just a car. It's All going right. to be like one of these little car-sharing things. Yeah. But in Europe, you can buy it for a few thousand euros, brand new. It only goes like 25 miles an hour. But it's supposed to go a whopping, like, 30 miles on a charge or something, and it looks really, really cool. I love the idea of buying a new car for just a few grand.
2: And by the way, we have a special guest on this podcast, and he's sitting right behind you.
3: That's right. Our puppy, Blaze, if you hear some panting or if you see a tail wag through, that is Blaze snooping
2: around our podcast studio here. So other news in the automotive world, we've seen… Can I get to the biggest news? What? What? Uh, this is I, in my mind the biggest news. So I was watching uh, Bill Maher. Yep. Uh, and he ma- he does this segment called "New Rules" at the end of his show, which I really enjoy. Oh, there he goes. Nope. Oh, he's really he's a big ma- he's a big Bill Maher fan. Apparently, this is Blaze. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm talking about Blaze. Yes, you got to yeah. clarify for yeah. the podcast <laughs> listeners. Ex- exactly. Uh, and he did a segment about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, right? Uh, and he made a really interesting point, and I think this is a point that's going to resonate uh, throughout this week, uh, and that is that, you know, the way cryptocurrency works is that there's like one supercomputer that picks a number from zero to infinity, and then there's another supercomputer that tries to figure out what that number is, and that's what's called Bitcoin mining, and that's how you get new bitcoins, but it uses vast amounts of power, Tommy. It's like vast amounts of power. Electricity? Like, yeah, according to Mar, and you know, this is a political show, so let's take that with a... Green salt, but according to him, uh, Bitcoin or cryptocurrency in general uses more power than like uh, Google, uh, Netflix, uh, YouTube, uh, Microsoft combined. In fact, it uses as much power as the entire state of New York, Tommy, which is just a huge amount of power. And much of that, Tommy, comes from non-renewables. Wow, that's crazy. Right? So it comes from like coal, some comes from solar. And the problem there, and this is where it gets interesting, and this is where it touches upon our world is that uh, as you know uh, Tesla was founded by the idea of actually helping to eliminate greenhouse gases you know getting rid of uh, cars that burn non renewables and yet Tommy interestingly enough uh, the founder of uh, Tesla is one of the biggest proponents supporters he accepts Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies uh, for the new Tesla's so uh, how do you square that how do you get a vehicle Uh, And a company that was founded on being environmentally conscious that is now supporting by buying cryptocurrency, investing in cryptocurrency and accepting cryptocurrency, which is, according to at least some of the recent reports, one of the worst things that's happening to environment. because. There's even a thought that it uses so much power that it can push us farther into global warming. I, I don't get how you square those two.
3: That's an interesting question. I, I mean, I, I don't have an answer to that, but...
2: I think that's going to be making news in the future. I think I think more and more publications are going to be picking up on that and asking that question.
3: You've got one of the biggest proponents of sustainability and, you know, electrification. Uh, and then you've got uh, that that's those same folks who are really pushing Bitcoin and... Uh, As you mentioned, to mine Bitcoin, it's all on on computers and it involves a huge amount of electricity. But if you are interested in an electric car that's also quick, but not named Tesla, Ford this week uh, officially um, announced the GT Mach-E, the Mach-E GT, uh, orders open on April 28th. So that was a couple days ago and it's supposed to be pretty cool in terms of
2: power, torque, horsepower. <laughs> if, if Tommy's having a hard time concentrating, it's because Blaze is munching on his Converse.
3: Yeah, he's eating my foot right now. <laughs> this is the puppy lifestyle. I'm sure some of you out there can relate. And then lastly, I want to bring this up too. This is pretty cool. Ow, Blaze. That, that's a, that's a oh, sharp tooth. He took a real tooth. bite. <laughs> he took a real bite of my shoe there. Um, we've heard heard rumors of Toyota perhaps. Uh, bringing a new two and three row SUV to the States because they are dropping $803 million into Indiana. Um, and this is going to be a manufacturing plant, of course, to build two new three row SUVs. How about the IDX, Tommy? Yeah, the IDX. That's uh, another great point, Dad. Volkswagen has an electric car called the ID4. And now they're bringing one out that's going to be all wheel drive with about 300 horsepower. It's called the GTX. Yeah, ID4 GTX. Yeah,
2: uh, it's supposed to be kind of like the GTI of the electric car world, except I don't think we're getting it, dude. I think that's been introduced in Europe, and we're not getting the uh, GTX, at least not in its uh, revealed variant.
3: That's true. It'll launch in Europe this summer. So uh, a
2: hot hatch electric uh, Volkswagen. How cool is that? And of course, we're not getting it. Yeah, pretty Pr- cool. Pretty typical. All right, let's talk about my favorite segment: big ass SUVs. So let's define big ass SUVs. There's really two categories, right? There's those that are like um, non-luxury and then there's the luxury ones uh, basically defined by price they all have three rows Uh, most of them if not all of them have all-wheel drive they all have a low range uh, so they're off-road capable uh, and they all tow about 8,000 pounds so uh, the newest one of course in that segment is the Jeep Grand Wagoneer and we went to the unveiling of that Um, so we'll talk about that last as always Mm -hmm. Uh, but let's start with the ones that people are buying right now that we also went to the unveiling of that we've actually driven and we've actually gotten behind the wheel of and we've towed with Uh, let's just put them all in one big category the uh, Tahoe the Yukon and maybe even the Suburban because let's face it they're all Related, they are related, but certain models are bigger than other models. So, for example, the Suburban is a bigger
3: Tahoe. Uh, Same thing with Yukon, you got the Yukon and then the Yukon XL, with the XL being the the super chunker, is what I'm going to call it. But a bunch of really cool engine options available. So, you've got the uh, 5.3s, the 6.2s, and now the three liter Duramax diesel, which is a really cool engine. And then on the luxury end of the spectrum, uh, you've got the Denali's, the High Countries, and the Escalade.
2: So let's talk about kind of what GM has done to uh, freshen them and make them new. Uh, If you recall, uh, they have become bigger. (laughs) Actually, if you're looking at a Suburban or one of the XL models, uh, there is a huge amount of room behind the third row. So the biggest problem for a lot of folks was that if you have a three-row, and now he's munching on my wire, lazy. He's very busy looking around seeing what we're doing.
3: He wants to go to the park. I do apologize ladies and gentlemen of the audience. Blazey is he's all amped up. it's, it's been raining here in Colorado um, and he does not know what to do with the rain. This has been his first rainstorm in his life, I think. Yeah. so he's a little bit confused. He's in happy
2: in the snowstorms but not in the rainstorm. Yeah, he's all befuddled with the rain. But anyway, what I was saying was you know if you have a typical three row uh, then at best you could maybe put one of those airline roller bags behind the third row but with the new GM products, there's a lot of room back there. There is a ton of room back there.
3: Exactly right. Even with a full suite of people in there, seven seats. Yeah. Um, I think you can get to Tahoe in up to nine seats as well. Uh, yeah, it's it's amazing the size of, uh, of luggage you can fit anywhere in this vehicle. And it's uh, now got independent rear suspension as well. So it used to be that the Tahoe and the Suburban were basically Silverados with a square on the back that you could fit more people in but the new ones are pretty different than the pickup truck siblings
2: yeah they're getting farther away from being basically just you know a version of a silverado with an enclosed cab uh, and an enclosed back bed with seats right now they're becoming their own kind of vehicles uh, and so uh, it's really good uh, and, and the feature i think that you know people really are talking about uh, is that new sliding center council you know what i'm talking about Exactly. So the middle armrest will actually slide back something like eight inches. Yeah, it's pretty Um, crazy. And then it reveals like a little cubby hole.
3: There's a hidden cubby. Uh, And then when you slide it back, you've got more storage for like groceries or a purse. You could put a purse down there. Or a gun and a Bible. Well, that's... (laughs) If you're in Texas. That's not officially what, what Chevrolet says they're for. But, yes, I do suppose that is what a lot of folks are going to use it for. <laughs> you can see him. He's laying on his back now chewing on your shoe. I know. He's having a ball down here as I'm trying to focus on Tahoe's. Now, the Tahoe is available in a ton of different trims, ranging from High Country to Premier to Z71. Yes. The off-road one. RST, if you want one that looks more sporty.
2: And we've actually taken the uh, Z71 off-road, and it was okay. Yeah, Remember, it did we pretty took good. it Remember, we took it up Webster Pass uh and you know uh, we were uh you know impressed by uh the big uh all terrain tires that it came with uh but let's face it uh, you know if we were choosing one to probably go off road the Tahoe would even though it's got the off road package would not be number 1 in my book it just mm-hmm. it just seems like you know it's 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 off roady but not uh like a Land Cruiser or perhaps like the Grand Wagoneer uh, completely, you know, comfortable off-road.
3: It doesn't quite have the clearance or the angle that you need approach. for... Well, we did, we,
2: on our video, we tried to approach departure angles. There were some issues.
3: And I also remember we ran into limitations when it came to traction aids like lockers as well. So that is something to keep in mind. It does have air suspension, though, so you can get four-corner air suspension on the, uh, the GM Twins, so um, you can jack them up and uh, lower them down on the highway, depending on the kind of terrain you're going over. Now, pricing-wise, they start right around $49,000 for a base one. I think that comes with Rear-wheel drive, though. Uh, four-wheel drive is still an option on the Tahoe. And someone will let me know if I'm wrong about that in the comments, I'm sure. But 10-speed automatic transmission, variety of V8s. Which engine would
2: you get? I'd get the new uh, straight-six uh, diesel. I think that pairs nicely. In fact, we had it here uh, with, was it, did we have it with the Escalade? I think we had it, it with the Suburban. Was it in the Suburban? It was, it was in was one br- of the big ones, yeah. yeah. And this, of course, the Escalade also has that virtual uh uh, screen where you can see The OLED Yeah, the it's camera like 37 yeah. You can display what's in front of the vehicle on the screen uh, And I think that one goes well over 100,000 now
3: For sure Yeah, now the 3 liter is a, in a more expensive option But it was really an impressive engine um, it, There used to be something called the Duraburbs Do you remember that? Where people would take Suburbans Uh, And then swap in Duramaxes, but the big Duramaxes, this is just a little one. So it's a straight six Duramax,
2: but still very torquey. It pairs nicely with the big SUVs. Yeah, you know, I think in general, uh, diesels are dying in America. You know, it started with back in the 80s when GM put some really crappy uh, diesels into their vehicles during the oil crisis, even in the 70s. But I think dieselgate didn't help. Uh, But now, uh, you know, these diesels in these big... Um, three-row, big-ass SUVs actually work really well. You know, They're in vehicles that take advantage of what a diesel is good for, which is good fuel economy, good torque, uh, and that straight six is phenomenal. It's as smooth as it gets. It's actually not as expensive as we thought it would be. So if you look at, like, an LT, yep. the 5.3 starts at $58,995.
3: Uh, the, the diesel comes in at 59990 nine ninety. so it's about $1,000 extra. And I would definitely consider specking it. For some reason, you can't get it on the Z71, though. Remember, that was the weird thing. You can't get it on the off-road trim.
2: Yeah, the one thing I would say about all these is, you know, they're uh, more premium, especially the Cadillac, right? That is certainly premium. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's still a bit of cost-cutting in some of these vehicles. You can tell that there's some, you know, plastics that aren't, you know, up to enough. Uh, uh, but, you know, the, the nice thing about, like, the Tahoe Yukon uh, Brothers, I guess, is that they're kind of like everyman man big American classic uh, SUVs, right? Right. Uh, you feel like uh, this is what uh, GM knows how to build and they know how to build it well. And they're very good at it. And they're very good at it. Yep, yeah, for sure. And, and, and there's nothing like groundbreaking. I mean, okay, so air suspension, let's face it, a lot of vehicles have had it. Uh, dang, the um, your your Citroën there, right, DS. Citroën. <laughs> had, had hydraulic suspension. Uh, going way back, so this is this is nothing groundbreaking, uh, but uh, you know it's it's just a solid, uh, good choice for I think people who need that amount of room. I agree, and it's pretty handsome. I like what they've done with the
3: all-new Suburban in the front end. It looks better than the old one. It's a little bit more aggressive. It's got those kind of cool little scoops on the side that funnel the air around the the front wheels for aerodynamics. Um, I probably would get the Tahoe because I can't imagine a world where I'd fill up a Suburban all the way. I mean, just the extra room is just And the Tahoe itself is massive. I do think the GMC looks better, though. I think the Yukon has a better look. And I think the new Suburban is not as attractive as the old one, to be honest with you. The old one was really angular. The new one's more rounded. I really like the (laughs) the super square, super square, uh, sorry, Escalades. With
2: with the Escalade and with the Suburban, you're really getting into uh, such big vehicles where you feel like you need almost a commercial driver's license. I mean, these are not going to be easy vehicles to park. Right, they're not going to be easy vehicles for anybody living in a the city. Uh, they are going to be great for livery drivers. So if you know if your job is driving people from the airport to wherever, that's a perfect vehicle. But otherwise, uh, they are uh, very big vehicles, and they are going to have their limitations. I think that's a great point. Well, let's move on to the next choice. Okay, let's keep going. I'll go down my uh, list. So let's go to the oldest of these. Right, let's just skip to the Sequoia. The Sequoia has been
3: around since the age of the dinosaurs.: Yes,
2: it's's been, it's, it's been you know, I think Toyota, you know they're very conservative and once they design something and build it, uh, they stick with it. Uh, like the tundra, the Sequoia, which is based on a similar chassis, has been around a long time and it shows Tommy, you get in the thing and you feel like you're in a vehicle from the previous well not, not, not you know whatever age of the dinosaurs, but certainly decades.
3: Certainly, um, it's one of the only vehicles with a Q in the middle of its name, which always makes our job difficult. But the Sequoia is an interesting option. So uh, when you're talking about big SUVs from Toyota, you got the Sequoia and the Land Cruiser. Um, A lot of folks think that they're very similar. They're not. They're so different. Yeah, so the Sequoia is basically uh, underneath. It's very similar in a lot of ways to the Tundra. Um, And a lot of the running gear will be familiar if you're used to the Tundra. Whereas the Land Cruiser is its own separate thing built in this special factory with white gloves and it's $80,000. In Japan, yes. Yeah. Whereas I think the Sequoia, it's built here in the States, right?
2: I believe so, yeah. I
3: believe it's built in the States. And it's much more affordable, starts at $50,000. It's much more family-oriented. It doesn't have all the crazy tech that the uh, Land Cruiser does in terms of off-road capability. But it's still not a bad choice if you can afford the gas.
2: Yeah, I would say, you know, if the Sequoia is your peanut butter and jelly sandwich, right? It's kind of the every man, every woman kind of go-to three-row SUV, the Toyota builds, uh, then the Land Cruiser would certainly be your... Caprese or a more exotic sandwich, right? That going right. to cost you twice as much. Uh, and I like the Sequoia, I mean, I, you know, a couple of years ago, maybe a year ago, I got to... No, uh, a year and a half. That, that whole COVID year is flush. But, so let's call it a year and a half ago, I got to go and take it off-road. It's actually very capable off-road. Ish. Uh, ish. It's not a Land Cruiser. It's not a Land Cruiser. I don't
3: it, think it has any kind of... Um, Lockers either. I don't think even the TRD Pro so they do a pro version, right? That one is more of an appearance than anything else
2: Yeah, but but you know you feel like this is the kind of vehicle where you could stuff The soccer team in and with their cleats and you wouldn't worry about it It just feels very rugged and very kind of well screwed together uh, And very well defined for that segment. It's the, kind of right in the, the heart of that segment The interior is pretty poor well, um, I would call it uh, honest and basic. I would call it pretty poor. Or dated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... it's A lot of plastics, a lot of like big buttons, big dials, right? I mean, it basically is a tundra. In a lot of ways.
3: Yeah, I mean, you can definitely tell it's uh, it's it's an older design, but it's usable. I mean, I, I will agree with you that it's very utilitarian and, and you when can. It comes in that
2: really cool army green. I think that's what Toyota calls it. It's a really badass color.
3: You can operate all the knobs with gloves on, which is something nice. The third row is pretty good in the Sequoia as well. And it's going to last forever. It's got the 5.7 liter uh, V8, the 3UR engine that is known for going to 300,000 miles with little to no difficulty. I mean, I I like the Sequoia, I really do, I just, I think in 2021, there are probably better options. I, and I rem- especially
2: if fuel's starting to get
3: expensive, 13, 17 is a hard hard number to swallow.
2: All these vehicles are going to have pretty hard numbers. Not the diesel those. Like, That's the why diesel. I said, yeah, outside of those, they're all going to have pretty bad... Look, our, the problem with the Sequoia, obviously, is that like when it first came out, I remember our neighbor at that time really lusted after the thing, right? It's gone way past lust factor. It's kind of, you know, it's gone into its middle age and beyond now. Uh, and so... The good news there is you know what you're buying. Uh, The bad news is it doesn't have the latest tech, even though it does have the latest safety tech. Casuda has committed to that. But if you want, like, you know, the the fancy big screen with all the functionality that comes with the latest and greatest infotainment, it's not going to have it.
3: I also think that the Sequoia has independent rear suspension and um, the Land Cruiser is a solid rear axle. Which is a, a pretty big... I think the Land Cruiser is a rear axle. I'm pretty sure about that.
2: Independent front right. suspension. What? I think you're right. Well, it's got the, it's got the hydraulic... Uh,
3: no, that's the Lexus.
2: The Lexus, the Lexus has, has the, the, the height yeah. adjustable.
3: Uh, the Land Cruiser has springs. Now, let's talk about the Land Cruiser. It starts at $85,000.
2: Almost no options, though. So they all come pretty much fully loaded. Uh, and they are going away. Get it while you can. Especially that heritage edition with the old Toyota script across the back. It's pretty badass. Uh, Especially with those wheels. We just had it uh, and uh, we had the white one. I wasn't in love with the white one I think the like there's like a uh, Is it a black one with like gold wheels? I think on the heritage it might just be white and black Yeah, I think I think there's two colors white and black and then the the, I think it has these like goldish or brownish wheels that are pretty badass look um, The Land Cruiser for many people is the ultimate SUV. It's been around forever Uh, it in a way to find the luxury SUV segment Uh, and unfortunately in America it sells like 3,000 units a year which is nothing. They
3: added new colors to the heritage. I forgot for 2021. Yeah, gray uh, and silver metallic.
2: All right, there you go. Uh, yep. And of course, it's got those iconic seats in the back that fold down in a kind of a funky way, which makes them look really cool, but makes them not very usable. Not
3: the heritage, though, for no, some. they reason, got rid of the seats. They on got heritage. rid of the seats on the heritage model, even though that was one and of they, the big
2: land cruiser heritage features. yeah, and they got they got rid of the seats and they made them more expensive. Go yeah. figure, Tommy.
3: Yes, they did. Um and that was they said for overlanding because people were complaining about the
2: seats taking so, up too so much we room. had That's a 200 series, right? Right. We had the first one which was a 2008. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you talk about long in the tooth. I mean, here we are at 221 and the thing came out initially and in it's, Initial form, basically. I mean, they've updated it. They've given it a new fascia. They've, you know, made the interior a little bit more modern. But 2008 is when the original 200 series came out, uh, and so yes, it's definitely long in the tooth now. We have seen spy photos of the new. Uh, I think it's going to be 300 series. Is, is that yes? But right. but apparently it's not coming to the states, is what we've heard. Right. But we we have gotten a bunch this week uh, from I think from Indonesia or someplace. Somebody got into like a factory and just took a whole bunch of pictures that are all <laughs> over the place, uh, and it looks very Lexus-like. In some ways, it looks very kind of upright, a big kind of uh, very bold nose on the thing. Uh, you know, very different from kind of the more, um, let's call it slim and angular lines that are on the current one. Uh, and I'm not sure I like it. I think it feels a little too, I mean, they're all, all these are really squared off and, and, You know, brawny. I'm not sure. I love the new Land Cruiser. At least if that's going to be the the look of it,
3: we'll have to wait for the official
2: reveal. Yeah, I think
3: Toyota's done a better job of keeping the Land Cruiser up to date than the Sequoia. I think. I mean, I think it's got the eight-speed transmission. Sequoia still has a six. The interior is a lot better on the Land Cruiser still, and they've done they've added you know um, kind of more quality than the Sequoia. if
2: if I had eighty five thousand dollars sitting around, I would buy one. I can't give you a better endorsement than that. What?
3: Well, but wouldn't you? Wouldn't you buy, like, a BMW X7? No. I'd or buy the a Defender?
2: Sure. No. Right. Well, we bought the Defender, but... Yeah, why? I mean, I understand that it's an incredible vehicle, and it's very, very reliable. Because it's going away, and I, I feel like, like... It's like the FJ, right? We just bought an FJ uh, for $33,000 that was a 20... Uh, what was it? 20, 14. 14. right, with 50,000 miles. Uh, and those FJs have just gone through the roof. I think the same thing's going to happen to Land Cruisers. I think after it goes away, people are going to be like, oh, no big deal. And then give it two or three years, and people are like, oh, my God, I want a Land Cruiser. It's going to be one of those things, and it's going to go up in value. You will see that these Land Cruisers are going to appreciate because it's going to be the forbidden fruit. So like I said, if I had 85K sitting around, I'd buy one. I'd sit on it, especially the Heritage Edition. And I think five, not even usually, you know, you have to wait 30 years for the depreciation curve. But I think... Um, five years from now, they'll be very valuable and they'll be very sought after. People want them because they'll be the thing that you can't have.
3: I completely disagree. All right. I we'll mean, see.
2: they're going to be collectible in 35 years. People no, they're be like them. five
3: years. Ah, uh, Dad, it's $85,000. I don't think they're going to be $90,000 like in five years. Would,
2: would have you guessed the FJ was going to become collectible? But it's still, thirty. ours is still not more
3: expensive than it was when it was new.
1: Some I mean, of the it, some of
3: the really low mileage ones, like one just sold for sixty thousand yeah. with like forty miles on it. If you didn't drive it ever and you had like the trails team, they did become collectible. It's
2: got it's, got, it's following that same curve, right? They they, they kept making the FJ and the rest of the world and selling it, and then they got rid of it here. And then people, because you can't import cars that are less than twenty five years or younger here, right? Um, so uh, it's going to become uh, collectible, and I love the Land Cruiser. I think it's just a phenomenal vehicle. And I think the 200 series may turn to be one may turn out to be some of the best there is, especially you know when you get the last one of the bunch where you've got all the cool kind of off roady bits, right? Um, yeah, and, and that thing's meant to go 300. Anyway, I think we've done that to death. Shall we keep going? Sure. All right, let's talk about. Uh, before we get to the Grand Wagoneer, let's talk about and the Defender. Let's talk about the Armada, which is sitting in the office.
3: Yeah, so they just refreshed the Armada. Mm-hmm. Um, they have changed the engine calibration a little bit. Andre was telling me all about the 5.6. Now it has the same power output as the Titan, and they refreshed the styling. The front end is much better than the old one. The interior is nicer as well. It's got some of the latest Nissan tech, and I think they did a pretty good job with it
2: uh yeah i i i am so so not on board with that car tommy i'll tell you why uh for some mysterious reason and i do not get this if i once again like you know we started this podcast video by saying i love these vehicles because they're roomy this vehicle uh has Very little room in the driver's seat for somebody 6'2". It's the only vehicle that I know where I've got the seat as far back as possible. And if you look at my knees, it's within maybe a half an inch of slamming into the dashboard on both sides. And on the left side, there are controls that I can't see because they're hidden by my knees. And I'm thinking to myself, as I'm driving this thing that doesn't get good gas mileage, why is there 1,800 feet of space behind me and yet I can't get comfortable and move my seat far enough back?
3: I did not experience that when I drove it. I, that's interesting. Yeah, um, I'm much thinner than you, though, so maybe it's a
2: <laughs> maybe it's a <laughs> yeah. weight thing. It's oh yeah, it's a weight thing. Yeah, the, the the 235 pounds of extra weight payload right is causing that issue. Yeah, maybe it's because the seats won't go far enough back.
3: Yeah, maybe the seat is seizing <laughs> under the load. <laughs> Thank you, Tommy. I appreciate that. No, I uh, like also it gets just horrendous fuel economy. Yeah, okay. Okay. You can't say you love the Land Cruiser and would buy one. It's got this. I think it's got worse fuel economy than the Armada.
2: I don't think so. Look it up. Uh, I think the Armada's <laughs> worst in class. I, 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 we, we were, me and Andre were looking into it. Uh, it it's worst in that segment. Mm. Uh, it's got the V8. does it matter
3: if you're dealing with 13 or 14. Yes,
2: it, it does matter because you can get a Tahoe with a diesel that gets much. It gets 10 mpg I better. I know,
3: but the land, like the Land Cruiser's already so in unfuel what, what's, efficient. What's what's what's
2: the, what's the Land Cruiser? Uh, I'll tell you in a okay. sec. It's I think it's 14 17. Okay. Fourteen seventeen. And what's
3: the what's the Armada? Armada. What, let's find it here. Yeah. Um I can't find it. Why can't I find it? Here we go. Armada four wheel drive. It is not showing up. Great.
2: You can go to the government website. That, that's what I'm doing. Oh, EPA dot whatever the heck it is. Yep, fueleconomy.gov. Yeah. Great
3: site by the way
2: to compare. Yeah, you can compare two different vehicles. Armada four wheel drive. It's got the 5.7, right? It's got the V eight out of the out of the uh, Titan. Yeah, seven speed automatic. Yeah, exactly.
3: It's better than the Land Cruiser. Is it? Thirteen, eighteen, fifteen. What's What's the Land Cruiser? Thirteen, seventeen, fourteen. Okay. Both, so it's better. They're both pretty. So your argument <laughs> is invalid compared to the Land I Cruiser. I said the Tahoe Diesel, didn't I? Yes. Compare the Tahoe Diesel to You that. can't be upset about the Armada fuel also, economy. Also, also
2: look, they redid the interior. It's right? gorgeous. It's really nice. Oh my God, no, I hate it. It looks so dour. so like. It's good. No. It's got uh, pleated.
3: It's got diamond oh stitch leather in the looks, one we it have. It looks
2: like it looks. It looks so depressing and so. It's like,
3: nice. What's wrong uh, with it? It's
2: like they try to go and make it. Sophisticated by making it so serious and like like dowdy and just you know uh, like like we're no. very serious in here and and it's got this like really like like dark and. Dark on dark on dark interior. Oh, my gosh. I think it's really oh. it's, it's a nice interior. It's got
3: the oh. 12.3 touchscreen display now, which is at the top of the dash, angled a little bit weird. I don't love that, but it's got um, the latest and greatest in Nissan tech in it. Dual zone automatic well, here, 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 here's, here's climate control. It's my got the seats. Here, here's
2: my favorite feature. Have you driven it? Have you been in it yet? Yeah. How do you charge your phone?
3: There's a wireless charging tray.
2: Yeah, where is the cherry? It's underneath the cover. Yeah, and it's it's a little cubby that you put your yeah, phone... Yeah, it's, it's I hate a that. wood-laden cubby. I, I hate that feature. It's a little... It, it looks like a little seat, big, fat CD slot so that when you put it in there, your phone is, like, hidden from view. Don't I want, like, my phone... Exposed so that if I get a text or something I actually know that it's getting a notification I'm not so saying answer the text but I'm just saying or, or that I know that it's even charging you don't know it's even charging you, It's like it's look. It's a little slot. That's probably a half an inch where you stick your phone into it And then you it disappears. you don't know what the phone's in there and you don't even know if it's charging So what's another vehicle that you just said you'd buy immediately if you had the money? Uh, the Land Cruiser.
3: And where's the wireless charger in a Land Cruiser? Is it in the refrigerator? No, it's in a slot in the
2: middle of the dashboard where you can't see your phone. And I you hate don't know that. If you're and I was going to call out the Defender for the same thing.
3: The Defender's right in the middle. You can see it easily.
2: No, the Defender, the, the armrest covers half of it. Barely.
3: Uh, look, Dad, I'm just saying... <laughs> our
2: Defender's charger stopped working, people, by the
3: way. <laughs> People hate on the Armada. People dislike the Armada. Dude, because I, uh, it's... Oh, it's not I a spend, Land Cruiser. It's no, fine. It's a I good spend, vehicle. I spent
2: four hours driving it, and I was not... I was not a happy camper. The, I, did, I felt like it was, uh, you know, the driving dynamics were okay. Right, so they're, they're good. The, it's comfortable. No, it was extreme... No, no, no. That's not driving sure, The that ride ex- is super no, the, soft. No, The, the, the it, steering
3: is super light. It's like no, a 1970 the, the, I was candle. super
2: uncomfortable. I couldn't wait to get the heck out of there. If I could have, I would have swapped for one of our older trucks. Seriously, I would have. I was that uncomfortable Why driving Why were it. you so uncomfortable? Can you explain? Because we- because my knee is... Hit- I'm in a car that's 1,800 feet long, and I'm squished up against the front windshield. Because I'm driving have- it like your grandma because you can- I can't get the seat enough. Look, dude. A full- it's, it's based on a full-size pickup. In a full-size pickup, I could... Take those seats, right? And push them as far back as I can, so far that I can't even touch the pedal, and the person behind me will have enough room to stretch out their legs. In this thing, right, my knee is... And my nose is scraping the windshield. My knee is scraping the dashboard. I'm sitting like your mom, right, driving the car with my face over the steering wheel because I can't get comfortable in it, for God's sakes. It's a—it's like, its you, can you make a bigger car with a smaller front seat? It's crazy. Maybe it's, absolutely crazy. Did you try pushing the button to scoot it back? No, I, I, I know, I Did Tommy, you try? I, I mean, I, I, no, Tommy, that it was has like,
3: power seats. I know that in your youth, t- you had
2: to crank Tommy, the seat back. Tommy, there was like a back big back crank though. that I had to crank yeah. to get the seat back. No, of course I did. I,
3: I know when you were growing up, you had to like... You know, scoots seats back with rocks and stones. But nowadays, you can
2: use the buttons to yeah. to scoot the seats back. Yeah, it committed the worst and cardinal sin ever. which so, okay, is, it was designed for people who are five foot. Five. Not
3: everybody has feet that are 19 feet long. So but, apart from the seating position, it's got a great engine, 5.6 liter V8. Um, now with over 400 horsepower, I think in the Armada. Yes. Uh, on premium fuel, you have to run the. I, I
2: said, look, the driving dynamics are fine. It's 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 you know it holds a lot well. of stuff, tows a lot of stuff. Doesn't hold me. <laughs> No, it. <laughs> I just felt like I'm wasting all this space. what's the point of getting a big ass SUV when you don't fit in it? Come on, the, Nissan. The, this, uh, come on, Tommy. That's like that's like that's like big ass SUV one oh one. Right? The reason people like big ass SUVs is because they feel comfortable in them. They feel like they're well, they screw can the spread seat out. Back. I w- <laughs> I
3: will say the seat does not go back quite far enough on the driver's <laughs> side. It could go back a and little then the bit more. And the interior
2: was like it was like it's nice, it was like nice. black on brown. Oh my it's god! Got it was s- a ugh. stitched leather. It's got stitched uh, it was leather everywhere. Dour and, and oh, just so, so, so. It, it felt I felt like I was like 1858. You know, like I needed a top hat and uh, you know a bow tie. To, to be properly dressed, to be in this, like, you know, stodgy interior. Yeah, you're there was just, nothing, you no, are no, not classy nothing, enough. There's for nothing the youthful or fun or, you know, Who cares? in It's a big... Uh, there's, th- like, nothing innovative. I mean, there's really... Let's, let's, let's compare it to the Defender, okay? And I know these aren't really direct competitors, but th- once again, that's another three-row. The Defender is actually much bigger than most people give it credit for because it kind of... The styling makes it look smaller. But let's look at the Defender, right? The Defender and forget about you know I I don't please just knock it off with the comments every time we talk about the defender it, it gets really tiring to see you know all the reliability we get it it's a trope. It's a cliche. We understand the dependability, but let's just talk about design and design language, right? Which is a big part of why people buy vehicles, right? right? The Defender not only uses interesting materials, but has like a free floating um, screen with cubbies everywhere. I mean, it just feels open and airy and it feels modern and youthful and young versus this feels like it was designed, you know, for your grandfather's generation.
3: Oh, yeah, the Defender looks very good when it. I mean, you can be nice and comfortable. No, don't wait, go there.
2: Don't go there. Wait. And, don't go there. We're, look, we're talking it's about true. design language.
3: You have to go there. We're talking That's the about only, design language. That, that is the most important thing about a car
2: is it it's has not to work. Actually, I don't think so. I think design is more important than. You
3: the, would rather have a car look pretty on the side of the road than get you to your I, destination? I, I think. What does that mean? What does that even mean? It's a I, car. It has to go from I A think, to B.
2: I think it's like left brain versus right brain, your heart versus your head. So, I by think that many manner. And people buy, their, buy the car like they buy, you so know. So, is like the Alfa Romeo Giulia? they pie with their heart. Is not the Alfa
3: Romeo Giulia the best selling car in the United States? It's very pretty. Oh, it's very pretty. That's a whole. Don't even go. Oh, Afro that's manager. different. No. Oh, that's different no. than the Land Rover no. that's broken down three times. No, no, no. Oh, no.
2: I gotcha. No, no, no. It's no, no, no. true. No, no because it's true. No, no, no. That's a whole different story. You're talking about a brand that hasn't been in America, that you know had a hard time in, in overcoming, uh, just not just even acceptance or a dealership network. There's so many reasons. You know, Alfa Romeo isn't selling beyond the fact that it has reliability. I love issues. I love Land Rovers, Dad. They're my favorite vehicles mm. of all time. But there's a reason that they had. To kill the Discovery name, Tommy. They, they, Think about Tommy, that. They had to Tommy, kill Tommy, the let, name let of you, a brand you because it's so defender. unreliable. Every Defender is almost sold out. You right can, can get a Defender. No, you can't. Yes, yes, you can. No, you can can can't get them. And if you can a month ago you can get them. You, you not, can't it. get. First of all, Dad, you can't get any new car right now. No, there's no, there's a huge shortage in new cars. You can't get Defenders. I've talked to like three people recently. I've actually did some research and I've talked to dealers, and you can't get Defenders. Is it because of the chip shortage? Well, everything's because the ship shortage. The, yeah, but, there but you there's, go. But, but you can go, look, you can go to the Land Rover dealership and pick up a Discovery.
3: Well, that's you, because nobody wants a Discovery. You,
2: <laughs> you can go Discovery's. pick up a Range Rover. You can go pick up, you know, a Ranger Rover Sport, but you will not get a Defender. There's They're a, so I, popular. It's a
3: cool car, and I think they'll sell a lot of them. It is. It's yeah. a really cool car. But I think for a family, why would you get a Defender over an Armada?
2: Because it's cool and it has. Does that
3: matter when you've got three kids and you're worried about getting them off the trail? Oh, for God's
2: sakes, Tommy, it's not, they're not always going to, you know, I mean, we had a first year vehicle with a unique problem and you can't like draw with a broad brush. Oh, oh, go buy a Defender, it's guaranteed to break down. Yes, yes, there were issues and there are issues, but it's, you know, you couldn't sell the car in America that wouldn't get you and your family to the store and back. I think Fiat sold a lot of cars in America that
3: wouldn't Today. get you. Yeah. Uh huh. I, I just, I, it's a great car, Dad, but I'd love to see what the long term reliability
2: is. Yeah, like. I'm not, I, yeah, I'm not saying it's going to be, you know, I, I think if you wanted to base your buying decision on long term reliability, which, then definitely go get an Armada. I think, I think that car is probably going to have, because let's face it, it's been around a lot longer and mm-hmm. it's been refreshed. Yep. Right. So that 5.7 is not new. There's yep. Nothing new right there. 5.6. Five six, sorry, the Toyota has a five seven, right? So uh, the defender that we have has a brand new straight six hybrid three. What um, What is it? A three liter? Yeah, turbocharged. Turbo turbo supercharged three liter. It's, so it's brand. I mean, it is. It's right. The Armada's engine and powertrain is ancient. So yeah it's going to be much more reliable if you want reliability don't get the newest thing don't get the first year wait for the last year production you're going to have a much more reliable car i promise look i'm all i'm saying is if i was shopping for a fun car
3: reliability wouldn't be at the top of my list like if i'm getting you know a two-seater or or, you know something to to, to bash around off-road i don't really care and the defender is much better off-road yes i agree it is way better off-road but if i am looking for a family hauler which is why people buy three rows and to tow your boat I think reliability would be at the very top oh, that's of my list. That's,
2: that's, I'm just saying that's fine. You know, you, 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 could, you, could, you could have that vehicle and, and have it be reliable, and that's why some people buy Defenders and some people buy Armadas. Well, that's I'm you- just saying for somebody of my size— it absolutely doesn't work, and I'm just astounded that you have a car that's so huge with so little room for the driver. It's it's incredible. All right, let's let's move to the newest one, the probably the one that people are the most interested in, which is of course uh, the Grand Wagoneer, and we can talk about. I guess you could talk about the the new uh, Grand Cherokee, right? The three row, the XL, which has also been unveiled. No, that's smaller. Yeah, that's it's not it's a in this class. That's yeah, Grand let's Cherokee talk about L. the Grand Wagoneer.
3: Well. It- and it's, the very yeah, so it's very confusing. Yes. So there's the Jeep confusing. Wagoneer is the cheap one with the 5.7 Hemi, yeah. cheap quote unquote, and then the expensive one is the Grand Wagoneer with the 6.4 liter Hemi. Right. And
2: they both are three row SUVs. Yes. Uh, they both look very similar. Yes. Uh, now the difference between them is not only the powertrain, but uh, the Grand Wagoneer has a much uh, more upscale interior. It
3: is, yeah, and it, that's more like think Escalade Navigator.
2: Right, Wagoneer is going to be more Armada Tahoes, maybe suburban kind of deal. Exactly, but uh, they are very similar. I mean, there's no there's no difference uh, when you look at them from fifty feet away. You'd have a hard time telling them apart.
3: Not in terms of pricing though, because I think the Wagoneer starts at right. fifty something, 52, I want to say, and the Grand Wagoneer starts at what eighty. Yes. So it's a, it's a lot more expensive. So in terms of pricing, you know, we're, you're talking about a whole different league. Looks-wise, pretty similar, I'll give you that. Interior, more or less similar. The Grand Wagoneer is nicer than the standard Wagoneer. So the Grand
2: Wagoneer has like five, or is it eight screens, right? It's got, oh, it's some crazy number. It's got all this tech, air suspension, uh, toes. Uh, I want to say at least 8,500, uh, has that big... Um, Hemi uh, that produces over 400 horsepower, if I recall right. Oh, sixty thousand. So it starts at fifty
3: nine. Yeah. For the standard Wagoneer, uh, sixty to seventy five is what I'm
2: reading right here, um, which is thirty thousand dollars less than the Grand Wagoneer. And we haven't driven them. Nobody's driven them yet. We did go uh, have a special preview thanks to Jeep in Detroit, where we got to crawl over them. Uh, and I think you know, I think this segment, I would have said a month ago is going to be red hot. Now it just may be hot. The problem, of course, is fuel economy. Uh, because gas prices are going up. And if the economy, if the world economy keeps booming because of, you know, we're getting out of this COVID mess, uh, then fuel prices are going to go up. And at some point right now, I think they've gone up like maybe 10, 15% here in Colorado. But if you start getting a gas at over, in California, now it's already over $4 a gallon. Here, it's over $3 a gallon. If you get to like over $5 a gallon nationally, then all of a sudden, uh, these vehicles are going to be a little bit less desirable because it's going to cost so much to fill them up.
3: I don't think that
2: they look as that- that good to be honest with you. Well, I, I don't all of them like them or just the wagon.
3: No, the wagon here no. and the Grand groundwork- wagon. I don't like the painted B and C pillar. It kind of makes it look like a, a shuttle. Yeah, it's
2: over my left shoulder, right shoulder. Um,
3: I think the front's great. I do really love the interior. The interior is super nice. Um, I like the 5.7 and the six point four. Those are both pretty pretty um, solid engines that have been around for quite some time now. But yeah, we're gonna have to get our hands on them and see what they're like in the real world to see what what they drive like and how they tow. I mean, towing's nine thousand pounds or some ridiculous number.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. So you know our experience. It's only been, like I say, crawling into them, sitting in them, you know, playing with the controls, but never having actually, you know, put our foot in the accelerator or touch the brake. Uh, and that's coming very soon because they are coming very soon. Uh, to a uh, jeep dealership near you Um, and uh, Yeah, if you're wondering about the Fords, like I said, we haven't driven a Ford in a long time So there there is you know a bunch of big Fords that we could talk about the expeditions Yeah, exactly of the world, but uh, you know, I want to keep this fresh in my mind You know, I want to we drive a lot of different vehicles So sometimes like like I only have room for like maybe seven of them in my head And when I drive the eighth one the last one on the list the first one on the list falls off so yeah, uh, I want to keep it kind of cool and new and fresh. Anything else that we're missing in this big that we've had here at the office? I'm sure we
3: are, and the comments will let us know below.
2: Yeah, I mean, we had the Lexus, too. Oh, yeah, the LX. Yeah. yeah,
3: that's good. That's also, it's kind of like a Land Cruiser, but a little it's bit very, fancy. It's very
2: similar. It's got a little bit more, like, chrome.
3: Yes, a lot more chrome and a little bit less off-road worthiness yeah, because like of the, the low-hanging
2: front end. Yeah, the, the front end is, you know, very squared off and very boxy, and so it's not, it wouldn't have a great... Approach or departure angle,
3: and then the other one in that class is the Infiniti QX80, which we haven't driven in a long time.
2: Yeah, and we did have the Genesis here, but that was a smaller, smaller
3: one. GV80, smaller. Right. Yep. Um, and then on the luxury end, you've got the GLS and the X7 and, and the BMW, Mercedes offerings, but those are a whole other can of worms. Yeah, we did have the
2: uh, Maybach here. Yes, that was two hundred and some thousand dollars. Once so again, a whole like different a ball mer- of ball of wax. I don't think anybody's going to be using that particularly to go off road. Maybe to go to the soccer game if you live in Beverly Hills, but that's a very different vehicle. That's that's the kind that kind of says, look at me. And the G-Wagon doesn't have three rows. No, G-Wagon's a different, different ball of wax as
3: well. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a big thing here in the United States if you're not a, a listener abroad. Maybe these body-on-frame big bricks are, are not <laughs> very, very practical. But for big families who want to tow their boats to the cabin, then yeah, these are a really popular choice. All
2: right, well, let us know in the comments below which of these uh, you'd have. Which would you have, Tommy? I would have, um, ooh, I would probably take the New Tahoe. I really like the Tahoe,
3: especially with that little diesel. I think that was a really interesting choice. Good interior, it's expensive, but pretty good fuel economy. I love the power and I do like the diesel clatter. Yeah. How About
2: yourself, uh, my 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 heart says uh, defender, but my head says Land Cruiser. There you go. There you go. Well, guys, thanks for listening and thanks for watching. Remember, uh, check out tflcar.com for what, Tommy? News, views, and real world reviews and independent and honest reviews. Yeah, Blazey fell asleep. Completely. Yeah, right at the end. Right. I do
3: apologize for all the the distractions yeah, he's, here.
2: He is dead out. Look at him. He's just loving life right now. I wish I could. You know, there's something about a dog sleeping that just calms you so much. I, mean, <laughs> I am now as chill as chill can be. All right, see you guys next time. Ciao.
0: Bye.